I'm going to stop a wedding. My boyfriend is about to make the biggest mistake of his life. If you really hate the Montague so much, you could just move. Welcome to Avant Bard, a podcast where two theater nerds explore the highest highs and the lowest lows of works inspired by that upstart crow himself, William Shakespeare. My name is Matthew James Marquez, and I use he, him pronouns. And my name is Megan Charlo, and I use she, her pronouns. And today we are talking about the recently released 2022 film, Rosalind. Directed by Karen Maine, with a screenplay by Scott Naustadter and Michael H. Weber. Now available in the United States on Hulu and internationally on Disney+. Rosalind is an adaptation of the 2012 novel When You Were Mine by Rebecca Searle, which itself was of course adapted from William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. And listen I know we just did Romeo and Juliet, but spooky season does not count. No, because, come on. Come on, just come on. Come on. <laughs> A little background knowledge about our filmmakers. Karen Main wrote and directed the film Yes, God, Yes, which she based on her own experience growing up in a sex-negative religious upbringing. <laughs> And it did really well at film festivals, so that's probably what got her this job. And the two screenwriters I mentioned are best known for the film's 500 Days of Summer, The Spectacular Now, The Fault in Our Stars, and Paper Town. So a lot of twee teen romance. Maybe it's sad and you cry, but they get back together, or maybe they don't. And, you know, those films, I've never seen any of them, so I have no knowledge. I know The Fault in the Stars is the sad cancer one. And also an adaptation of Julius Caesar. It's not actually. No, no, no. no it's, just, it's just quoting. Okay. It, it's I was just like, what? The, wait. What if I convinced you so hard that the fault in our stars? Well, I, you couldn't convince me too much because I've done a lot of research for this. And I would have been like, why is that not on our list then? Mm, you're right. So I have uh, down here, do, do you even need to talk about Romeo and Juliet anymore? <sighs> I will. Okay, make it fast, though. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet are from families that are fighting. They like each other. The families don't, so they die. Good, great. There is, like, no information about this film online because it just came out, so we're just going to jump right into Marquez's acting corner. Caitlin Dever, who plays Rosalind, is an up-and-coming star who starred in Booksmart alongside Beanie Feldstein and received an Emmy nomination for the miniseries Dope Sick. That's it. Isabella Merced, who plays Juliet in this film, was Dora the Explorer in the movie <gasps> Dora and the Lost City of Gold. I knew she looked familiar. <laughs> That's basically what she did, has done, is doing. Sean Teal, who plays Dario played a newly invented character in the X-Men live-action show The Gifted, which everyone knew about and everyone watched, which is why everyone's always talking about The Gifted. Megan, has anyone you've ever met in the history of Earth ever told you to watch The Gifted? No, no one has. I've never heard of it. 
In The Gifted, he plays a Mexican man who's got heat and light-based powers, and he's also associated with drug dealers and drug dealing, which I can criticize because I think that that's bad. That basically makes him kind of like the character Sunspot, but he's not Sunspot, and also Sunspot is Afro-Latinx, and this guy isn't even Mexican. (laughs) Uh, That's what he's most known for. He's also hot, but we'll discuss that in the film proper. Bradley Whitford, who plays Adrian Capulet, Rosalind's father, is a veteran TV and film actor known for playing Josh Lyman, the deputy chief of staff on The West Wing, where he won a Primetime Emmy Award for his portrayal and also got nominated two times after that. He was also the dad in Get Out who said he would vote for Obama again if he had the chance. And he was also the mean executive in Billy Madison, Megan. Remember, he's... His balls are weird. Business ethics. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one who couldn't answer the question about business ethics and then took out a gun. And that's it. That's all I got. Marquez saw my reaction when this person entered the screen and has allowed me to be in charge of this final person for Acting Corner, who is. Mini Driver! And Mini Driver is the nurse to Rosalind, and she's great. And, um, okay, so th- things about Mini Driver. She's super talented. I love her. She reminds me of one of our professors in college who taught us about Shakespeare. And by that, I should say the professor in college who taught us about Shakespeare. Uh, she's done a lot of acting. Things I know her from is she's the dead mom in the hit film Stage Fright. (laughs) Jesus Christ. You continue. (laughs) She's Carlotta in the movie version of Phantom of the Opera. She's the voice of Jane in Tarzan. Yeah. And she's Lady Eboshi. Yeah. In Princess Mononoke, which my phone always corrects to Princess Minibike. She's also the mom in Speechless, which I watched a couple episodes of. She seemed great. Marquez watched it all. So, yeah. Uh, she Did you know, Marquez, that she was possibly going to be Rose in Titanic? I did not know that. That would have been bad for her. I don't think that. James Cameron was like, she's old. <laughs> which sucks. Wow. So, yeah, he cast Kate Winslet instead. I will just say, Mini Driver, keeping it toy. For 52. Also, she's got a podcast. Mini Driver got a podcast? Yeah, it's called Mini Questions with Mini Driver, where she interviews celebrities. The latest episode that I just saw was with Simon Pegg. I think she should ask driving questions. So it's Mini Driving Questions with Mini (laughs) Mini Driver. (laughs) But yeah, Mini Driver has a podcast. She does music. She's She's, a triple threat. She was nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, for Goodwill Hunting, blah, blah, blah. She didn't win. Is that stage fright, Marquez? <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the thing. I know I've seen Goodwill Hunting, but I was like, oh, there's girls in that? So obviously I don't remember it. We should also probably state that this movie is the story of Romeo and Juliet told from the viewpoint of the minor character of Rosalind. You mean the character who never comes on stage? Yes. This is like beyond Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are yeah, dead. Yeah, because they is, at least have lines. This is somebody who's just 
mentioned in like two scenes talked about compared to warm bodies they completely cut her out so we doubled up by a million this film the amount of rosalind has an infinite percentage more rosalind than warm bodies does it's true oh it's time to start the film how does this film begin it begins with some words on the screen that say a really long time ago like, because it would have to be before Shakespeare's time, so... Right. Before even even then. That's long. And then we see a balcony scene, but it is not the balcony scene we are familiar with. What? It is Romeo climbing the balcony of Rosalind and saying lovely words to her. Things like, to gaze upon you is like drinking from the purest fountain and Forswear at sight, I never saw true beauty till this night. He's just quoting the play. No, that's not a thing yet. Then he's not quoting the play. <laughs> he's quoting in the play, he's quoting here. Ah. Then we are reminded that this is like a tongue-in-cheek modern film that's wink set in the past, but is, you know, it's one of those where like they talk like, yo, whatever. A wink. Yeah. So she, Rosalind, is just like, why are you talking like that? Haha, <laughs> get it? Because they talk normal. And he's just like, I don't know, I thought it sounded romantic. I mean, she's not, she doesn't dislike it. No, but she's, she's just like, you weirdo. So Megan, in the play, it is established that Rosalind is a Capulet. Yeah. Yeah, because she would be at the party. Yes. And that's what Romeo is worried about in the play. Well, that's what Romeo's hoping. hoping for, but also dreading. Yes. Because yeah, she is Juliet's cousin. Which who knows what that actually means, because they also just call people cousin. Yeah, it's like how Mexicans call everyone Tio and Tia. And yeah. Like, I have no I idea. don't know your relation to me, really. He goes to swear by the moon, also sounding familiar. Swear not by the moon. The See? world says swear not by the moon because he starts to slip. And I was like, ha, that's funny, because the set said swear not by the moon. But yeah, we don't know that it's Rosaline until he says, never were two hearts more destined to entwine than those of Romeo and Fair. And we get a call from inside, Rosaline! Oh. Ros- well, actually, it's Rosaline. More in twin <laughs> than Romeo and Rosaline. Never there was more couple worth being thrown in a bin than Romeo and his Rosaline. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Romeo promises to Rosalind that they'll be together forever. Aww. And then Rosalind's dad's like, hey, remember how this kind of happens in Romeo and Juliet? I thought I heard something. And she goes, yeah, I was talking to myself on the toilet. And then it's just a little toilet joke? Yeah, sure. Okay. Anyway, Minnie Driver enters the scene, and I am more invested. Megan's eyes lit up so hard when Minnie Driver showed up. I love her. She's just good. And she's just like, girl, cover your tracks better. So again, we're seeing parallels between this nurse and the nurse in Romeo and Juliet. But she seems way cooler than the nurse in Romeo and Juliet, who's just like, ha ha, you're gonna get fucked. A man will put a baby in you. Oh, mark my words. And then there's a thing. A thing? There's a thing. So they're talking about marriage because that's just what you do. Well, it's day now, right? Yeah. 
And her father wants her to wear a big dress that she doesn't want to. And why does he want her to wear this dress? Because she needs to get a man. So she's got to wear fancy dresses and talk to men. And her dad makes a comment like, you're almost too old to get married. Which again, references Romeo and Juliet, how at the beginning they have a conversation about how Juliet's not quite old enough to get married. But anyway, Rosalind's like, I don't want to get married. I want to be a cartographer. That's an interesting bit. Yeah. It doesn't go anywhere, really. Well, I think it's because they were like, what professions are are there there back then? She loves maps. And she meets with this older dude. And he sucks. He's not hot at all. And in order to get out of it, she makes up an imaginary friend, or is she saying that she's schizophrenic? Either way, she creeps out the old man into not wanting to marry her, thanks to Josephine. Listen, sometimes if you're a lady, you gotta fake a mental disorder. Sometimes. History's hard. So, she gets away from the old guy, and she finds her good gay friend, whose name they drop like one time in the scene and then don't until the end of the movie. So pay attention. His name is Paris. This is Paris. It's Paris. From the play? And he has a very interesting thought that maybe part of the reason she thinks she loves Romeo so much is because it's hot to have a secret. Here's the thing about Paris in this movie. He's gay. I was gay. And I was born this way. Will this go anywhere? No. I, I was gonna say we'll see and then make oh. it a surprise, but uh oh. no. We'll see. He doesn't even get a romance. He doesn't no. even get like maybe he's got something with Tibble. Yeah, there's so. not even like a sneaky like he likes a guy, but he can't. It's just him being like, but someday there may be a man I could like. There should be a guy. There should be a subplot. There should be. Anyway, as they're walking, Romeo walks past and slips Rosalind a note. And she's like, ooh. And then she follows him and they touch hands over some jewelry. And then Tybalt. Here comes Tybalt. And Tybalt's like, back off from my cousin. And then Mercutio's like, I'm here. You guys look like a boy band. And I'm like, wow, so hip and modern. So hip and modern. And then they start a little sword fight, and Rosalind is like, put your swords back in your pants and stop fighting. She's so over it. And then she's like, oh, by the way, Paris, I love Romeo Montague. It's him that I like. Why why keep it a secret if you're just, the movie's being lazy here, because it's just like. At the beginning of the scene, she was like, I like a guy. And it's a secret. And I was like, so he knows it's Romeo. Yeah. But then she's like, it's Romeo. And it doesn't matter at all whether or not Paris knows this fact. No. So he should just know about it. Yeah. He's not in any of the families. So then we cut to another romance scene of Romeo and Rosalind. And he gives her what might just be the worst engraved necklace of all time. It's it's great that I actually because engraving's hard. Yeah, and he's like I engraved it myself, and like he's not someone who does engraving. He scratched in it with a sword, and (laughs) so I appreciated that as someone who's tried to do engraving before and been like, ah, a toddler did this. But they start planning their future. Yep, 
And he's like, we're going to have a family and I'll be a poet and you can keep the house and watch the children. And she's like, yeah, wait, what? And then he's like, whatever, we'll be away from our families. I love you. And she is like, well, wait, what? And then he's like, wow, cool, bye. And she's like, wait, no, 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 there's a ball tonight for the Capulets. And he's like, no, I obviously can't go to that. And she's like, no, they're wearing masks and we can dance together. Oh, a dance, you say? With masks and he's like, can't wait. And she's like, a thousand times can't wait, which is a reference to a thousand times good night. Yep. You know, Romeo and Juliet. It's a play. So the next morning, the day of the dance, Rosalind's father. I can call him Mr. Capulet because he's not Lord Capulet. Yeah, you can call him Mr. Capulet. Mr. Capulet is like, great news. The Penzies have an intact son who came back from the war intact. He got all his body parts and everything. And she's like, great. You marry him, dad. Get it? Modern. Well, Uh, Megan, is it modern? You know who says something similar in a Shakespeare play? The character you played. Hermia. Hermia from Midsummer. It's says true. something similar to Aegis. And her dad comes back with, you're a woman, you're not supposed to talk about what you want. And meanwhile, we see sitting outside of this room. The guy. The possibly hottest guy we have seen on this podcast possibly ranking up there with heath ledger himself my god and 10 things i hate about you this man needs more work give him more work give him more work that i can watch and he Uh, is sitting there and he listens to her complaints to her father and he smiles she's like i don't want to just marry someone i want to travel i want to do this and he's just like hell yeah and then she comes and sees him and she's like whatever And I just about threw my laptop because how do you look at him and say whatever? But then I thought about it. She didn't really look at him. She just kind of walked in and was like, oh, that must be the guy. Anyway, he's just like, I'd take the deal. You could do worse. And then she's like, you're not my type. And he's like, you're not my type either. And she's like, well, what's your type? And he says, not a shrew. Got her. Which is great. And also, you know, is kind of is a reference to Shakespeare because Taming of the Shrew. Oh, and also we learned that his family's only offering a cow. Yeah, she's like, oh, must be a really great offer. And he's just like, no, your dad just wants you married. Yep. And he's like, well, I've got a boat and it's going to be great. We're going to go on a boat date. And she doesn't want to go on the boat because she's afraid of fish. Not water, fish. Why does this matter? She's just silly. She has to overcome something in the third act, Megan. Why couldn't it be she's afraid of water? Because they have to make a joke. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so they're on this boat, and he's like, the skies are clear, it's gonna be great, they go on the boat, starts pouring, Uh uh-oh, they're not gonna be able to make it in time for the ball. (gasps) That's why she's not at the ball in Romeo and Juliet! Romeo shows up, and he can't recognize Rosalind from anyone. Yeah. And then she's like, oh my god, Dario, I have a boyfriend, okay? I need to get to him. And he's just like, why didn't you say that to me at the beginning? Like, we wouldn't have done this. Yeah. Because he's great. Anyway. Uh, uh, He hunkers down because he knows that trying to get a boat moving in this weather is futile. And she tries getting the boat moving. And he smiles at her efforts. (sighs) And it's cute. And then we cut back to the party and Romeo literally runs into Juliet. 
And both of their masks are up at this point. What a masquerade. I don't know. Anyway, main thing of this scene is I hope she marries Boat Guy. Yeah. Because at this point, I didn't know his name was Dario, so all my notes just say Boat Guy until the end. I said, they don't like each other, so obviously I want them to be together. Enemies to lovers, baby. Oldest <laughs> trick in the book. Anyway, she finally gets back. Rosalind's there. She gets to the event space. The party's over. and Everybody's gone. She missed it. So she writes a letter to Romeo being like, oh my god, you'll never guess. I'm so sorry. I'll see you soon, babe. Hugs and kisses. XOXO Gossip Girl. Yeah. And she gives it to Steve the Courier. Now Steve the Courier here, Megan. Yeah. The bit is that he's... Argyle from Stranger Things Season 4. He's dumb and high. Yeah. That's the bit. Argyle from Stranger Things Season 4. Yes. I love this dude. He's one bit. And he makes it work. Yeah. So keep doing it. He doesn't have any letters to Rosalind. Yeah, he delivered hers to Romeo. Romeo didn't send one back. And I'm also the like, well, shouldn't you give him time to write it? He literally just got the letter today. Is he going to be like, wait, 20 minutes, Steve the Courier for me to, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, the nurse is like, it's fine. Maybe he has the plague. That's been going around. Suddenly, Paris shows up. And tells her to stop moping because Romeo is on his way. Yay! She runs out to the balcony. We see Romeo. He's in love. He's walking like a man, walking on clouds. He's picking flowers. And then he takes those flowers and cuts across to a different yard. He's going out in someone else's balcony. And I really enjoy Rosalind because she's like, it's fine. It's fine. He can have friends. She follows him as she's saying this, and she sees him talking to Juliet, and she says, except whoever that is. And it's very fair, because she thinks that they're in love. And then he says, forswear at sight, for I never saw true beauty till this night. He's reusing words. But here's the thing. In this moment, he talks all flowery to Juliet, and Juliet talks all flowery back to him. Not to say, like, yes, he should not be cheating. He should have cut things off yeah. and then gone to Juliet. But I get why he digs Juliet more. She goes along with his things. He's just doing it wrong. Yeah, Romeo's a fucker. Rosalind's in her room. She's moping. She's sad. The violinist is playing all by myself. Once again, thank you for diegetic music. Meanwhile, the nurse is like, get the hell up. And she's like, no, I have cholera. And the nurse says, you do not have cholera. And she says, how would you know? And the nurse says, I am a registered nurse. I love this bit, right? I do love this bit. This is the bit. bit that I like is that the nurse just insisting, like, I have accreditation. I went to medical school, which is funny because, like, it's not the same as it is now. But it's still good. It's still great. And she's like, it's my fault because I didn't say I love you to Romeo. And knock, knock, knock. Lord and Lady Capulet and Tybalt come to visit with her cousin who's been away at school and just came back, Juliet. <gasps> that, that's not the case in Romeo and Juliet. No. She's, just, she's been there the whole time. But there needs to be a reason that she doesn't recognize it's Juliet right away. Yeah. So she's like, shit. And then they do some, like, MAGA shit. Wait, what? Oh, you yeah. Didn't, you forgot that reference? Oh, yeah, they're sitting down at the table and the whole bit about Lord Capulet. 
is that he's like, we're going to make Verona great again. And, oh, you let your daughter talk at the dinner table. The Montagues should go back to where they came from. And that's when we get Rosalind saying, like, if you hate the Montagues so much, you could just move. And then, yeah, he gets upset that a woman spoke to him that way. So the two daughters yeah, get this doesn't work, banished Megan. to the garden. Yeah, I, for one, I don't understand the difference in rank between Lord Capulet and Mr. Capulet. Well, he's a lord and he's a mister. <laughs> this arbitrary thing that we put that... on him. <laughs> and also, like, he can just hate the Montagues. Yeah. He doesn't need to be compared to a Trump supporter. No. This is weird. It's weird. I feel like this movie really toes the line between wanting you to kind of like Juliet and wanting you to not like her because she has no problems with the things her father's saying. Yeah, it's So weird. I'm like, that would make me not like her. Are you trying to tell me she's a bad person? The movie doesn't know, I think. I think the creators were like, that ah, she's there. It's not about her, so she's not going to say anything. Anyway, now it's time for the two lovers of Romeo to talk and not tell each other the truth about anything. So Juliet's like, I'm in love with this guy. I gotta tell you. He's the most wonderful boy. He has such good words. You've never heard poetry like this. And Rosalind is a little bitch. (laughs) And she's just like, let me guess. He compares you to the sun and moon and your eyes are stars and blah, blah, blah. And she just like quotes it back at her. And Juliet's like, what the heck is going on? How do you know? And she's like, everybody knows Romeo. You're not the first maiden he's charmed with his high cheekbones and fancy words. As if... As if the actor who plays Romeo has specifically high cheekbones, which he does not really. And she's trying to make it seem like he's just a slut and it doesn't affect her though not her though yeah. totally not her though yeah especially because it's followed up with Juliet being like wow I'm such a fool for falling for it and she's like yeah you are but don't beat yourself up about it I'll be your friend uh, I'll teach you how to live life for realsies with other men you know since you're not even marrying age yet so she takes her to this bar with a bunch of drunkards and Juliet's like, I don't want to marry any of these guys. And Rosalind's like, yeah, good. You don't have to. Just use them, baby. Use them, abuse, abuse them, them, lose them. them. She doesn't say that, but no. that's the gist. But guess who else is at this bar, Marquez? Hot Dario. Sorry, they they do that. They're flirting with guys and stuff. And then Rosalind goes to the bar because she's like, haha, my plans. And Hot Dario is there. No, she can't get a drink, Rosalind can't. No, she can't get a drink, she can't. And then they have this, like, little quippy thing going. They are really a Beatrice and Benedict, and Mm. I... I'm here for it. Who cares about Hero and Claudio? No one. No one. Beatrice and Benedict. That's what these two are. Anyway, he's like, how's the boyfriend? And she's like, amazing. And he's like, cool, where is he? If you're at a bar, you're not here by yourself, are you? And she's like, uh, he's sick. He's not here. He isn't here. He's not here. And then he's just like, oh, I imagine he's a respectable man. And she's like, yeah, the opposite of you. And I'm like, oh my God, just kiss him already. Oh my God. She's like, he's incredible. He speaks a bunch of languages and he's good at stuff. And you are nothing like that. And then... He is the most attractive man 
Oh my god, okay. He turns, he's like, fine, cool, bye. And he goes to leave, and then he turns back and insults her in French. <sighs> Control yourself. With just his beautiful face and voice. So, what is a better moment? Him insulting her in French, or Heath Ledger saying, you don't think I'm pretty? This. It's a hard, it's a toss-up for me, Megan. Honestly, Heath Ledger in other bits is better to me. I like when he's in love. I like this guy when he's sassy. <laughs> okay, moving on. We get a montage of things. Juliet reads a sex book. That's the one that sticks out mostly in my mind. Yeah, it's basically Rosalind and Juliet hanging out because Rosalind doesn't want to let Juliet be alone because then she might see Romeo. And meanwhile, she's still writing letters to Romeo, being like, my cousin's so dumb and young and naive and stupid, and I'm babysitting her. Girl, don't double text. Double texting is the worst thing you could do to a crush. Who's like, ghosted you? Yeah. Anyway, she's like, also, I've designed where we're gonna live in the future. I made a map of it, and it's a real place, and I drew this whole thing. And it's, ew, it hurts a bit. Um, and the Juliet's like, that's an amazing map. Good job. I'm sure you hear that a lot, though. Rosalind's like, no, no one's actually ever complimented my maps. And I was like, so Romeo was a bad boyfriend for you. Yeah. Is what I'm hearing. And, you know, getting to know Juliet, this gets Rosalind to start feeling guilty. Yeah, well, because Juliet teaches her chess and calms a mad horse. And that's the most attractive Juliet's ever been. Megan likes being insulted in French and calming horses. God, if he calmed a horse while insulting her in French, I'd be done. You'll be a puddle on the ground. So then Rosalind is about to confess to Juliet that she loves Romeo when she sees letters from Romeo on Juliet's desk just sitting out in the open because apparently Juliet doesn't know anything about operational security. Yep. And then Juliet's like, I swear I was done with, I am, I was done with him. Well, I am, no, I mean, I was, I am. And then knock, knock, knock. Who's at the balcony? Romeo. Uh-oh. And she's like, oh my God, he keeps showing up. Help me get rid of him. And so they do an opposite Cyrano scene, also known as an Onaric scene. I love Onaric. Yeah, Onaric's good. Rosalind is like, you've said those nice things to someone else before, haven't you? And Romeo's like, oh, shit, yeah. But I didn't mean it before. And Rosalind loudly is like, oh, please. And then... Romeo gets a little suspicious. But Juliet's like, no, I'm alone. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll leave. And then she's sad and he's sad. And meanwhile, Rosalind is stealing the letters from Romeo in her big puffy sleeves. And she's like, hee 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 hee, I got away with it. My liar status will never be revealed. <laughs> never! <laughs> Hugs to my good cuz Juliet. Up, up, a thing that happened earlier multiple times is that Juliet's hair gets stuck in my jewelry and oh, it got stuck in the necklace and whoops, the necklace came off. And what could she spy? The toddler written Romeo and Rosalind. My liar, it's been revealed. <gasps> and she's like, wow, you were just doing this to try to steal my boyfriend. 
And Rosalind says, I wasn't trying to steal your boyfriend away. I was trying to steal him back. And Juliet says, oh, there's a difference. And I was immediately transported to Scott Pilgrim and was living my best life. Is there a difference? Well, here's my thing. Rosalind, double down on the lie. Just say yes. And he broke my heart. Yeah, this is the kind of thing he puts girls through. You could have just said that. You, you could have said that. You could have gotten away with it. No. Listen, I'm, I don't But instead, it. she was like, no, I didn't cheat on you, Ramona. I cheated on knives. You weren't wronged. And then Juliet goes from being kind of nice to being an absolute rude asshole. Yeah, she's like... You're not even that pretty. I'm younger than you. I'm richer than you. I'm not afraid of fish. I don't have huge man feet. What chance does someone like you have when someone like me is around? And I'm like... Okay, Juliet, you're losing me as a person. And that's where I'm like, so the film wants us to dislike Juliet? I don't know. Oh, and also when she leaves, she's like, bye, let me know when Romeo shows up on your balcony. And Rosalind's like, let me know when your wisdom teeth come in. And I'm like, that's a bad one, Rosalind. You're not doing great. So she needs some support. So she goes to her gay friend Paris. And her gay friend Paris is like, man, my dad might find out I'm gay. I need a wife or something. I need a wife or something. And Rosalind's like, wow, I need a husband for my cousin so that she leaves Romeo. Marry her. And then he's like, no, I'm gay, though. And she goes, yeah, yeah, but say it'll be like years from now and then leave in the meantime. And so he's like, okay, 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 okay. So he goes to Lord and Lady Capulet and he's like, hi, I'm Paris. It's the beginning of Romeo and Juliet, but later in the play after the balcony scene. And I want to marry your daughter. And they're like, cool. Do you promise to bring a whole host of strapping young men into your household? And he's like, what? Slay? (laughs) Slay? And Lord Capulet's like, I meant kids. Like boys. You know how everyone says strapping young men. Strapping young men. I hope you get a bunch of sexy twinks. <laughs> I hope you raise many, many twunks and jocks. Bears. Every flavor of hot man. So they throw another feast to celebrate the engagement. And Juliet's like, no. I don't want to go. And then Dad's like, come on, Paris is great. He's Rosalind's friend. And Juliet's like, Rosalind's friend? Suspicious. And she closes the door in her dad's face. And so her dad's like, Rosalind, go convince Juliet to come downstairs and dance with your friend Paris. So Rosalind's like, yeah, fine. She doesn't suspect anything, obviously, and goes upstairs and Juliet is gone. Oh, no. And Rosalind finds a letter from Romeo asking her to go to the Friars to get married. Oh, man, I wonder what funny character actor is going to play Friar Lawrence in this film, Megan. Well, here's two things I have questions about. One. This isn't a question. This is a complaint. Yeah, sure. There was no letter for that in the the play. play. He told the nurse. Yeah. And the nurse told her. Yeah. So I guess Juliet's nurse is just a layabout who does nothing in this one. Well, how could you be in comparison to Minnie Driver? I mean, and two, why does she keep just leaving all these letters that are very incriminating just (laughs) in the open for anyone to find? Uh, For plot convenience. So anyway, Rosalind's like, oh god, I need to get to Friar Lawrence's, and oh, who's here? It's Dario. It's hot Dario. And he's like, hi, and she's like, bye, I'm leaving, and 
her dad, Mr. Capulet's like, you gotta at least say hello to him. And she kisses him on the cheeks. Good. And, and then bye. she's like, okay, bye. And Dario's like, it is late at night. It is dark. Where are you going? And then he's like, also give me my knife back. I know you pickpocketed me. And I was like, whoa, new lore for Rosalind. She's good at pickpocketing. What's cooler, the fact that she pickpocketed him or the fact that he felt her pickpocket him? And like didn't say anything? Yeah. Oh, I I think they are equally cool and they should get married. Yep, that's fair. So anyway, he's like, it's dark and scary. Let me walk you to wherever you're going. And she should take this offer. But She's for- like, no, I'm not like other girls. And then uh, some spooky wolves howl in the woods. And she just goes, I am like other girls. Please escort me. And then she's like, so yeah, I've got issues and people and stuff going on. But I'm not going to tell you. And Dario's just like, I don't care. Yeah, I literally don't care. And then she keeps telling him more and more. And she is just like, oh, they're so bad for each other. They don't even know each other. And this is where we start getting the romantic Dario because he's like, so what? They just met. They barely know each other. That's not how love works. It isn't rational. And I'm like, Dario, are you trying to imply something? And then Rosalind's like, no, I don't care what you're saying. I don't care that this is beautifully beautiful. I need to stop his wedding and tell him how I feel. And Dario's like, wow. You're going to do that on his wedding. What a perfect time. So glad you didn't do it before. And he's like, so he cheated on you and you still love him. And she's like, no, he didn't cheat on me. Like, girl. He did. He did. And then she's just like, well, I don't know. Romeo wouldn't do that. And he's like, whoa, hold the hell up. Is Romeo Montague? That's dangerous. We're going to the Montagues? They're going to murder us. And she's like, no, no, no. It's okay. He told me that they don't have guards out at this time of night. Who goes there? I'm a guard. And they immediately get caught. Oh, my God. No. First, they're trying to run away. And Dario whispers all close in the dark. He's just like, trust me. And then they like <laughs> run to a certain way. Yeah, like, and I don't think he said it like you said it right no, there. No, no. I mean, he did. And then he's wrong, though, because they run into, like, the barracks, and then they have to sword fight a bunch of half-naked Montagues. He's so good at fighting. Oh, my God. She's just like, wait a second. He's hot. He's hot. And then they steal horses, and I'm mad that they stole two instead of just one. Well, she needs her own horse, man. No, she doesn't. They can get away faster if they only have one. Anyway, they're leaving. They're on the horses. And Dara's like, what do you even like about this Montague of yours? And she's like, lots of stuff. She has no answer. She's got no answer. She's like, we're in love. And then he's like, so tell me one thing. She's like, I can't really put it into words. And then he says okay. this amazing thing. Okay, I'm sorry. I this I love back. Dario. Dario says, love is patient, love is kind. Ah, yeah, I get it. It's the whole wedding thing. It's the Bible. It's the Bible. Love is an open door. Ha, oh, get it, Disney. Love is all you need. Get it? The song. songs. It's like knowing how to fly or breathe. When you're apart from her, you feel it in your stomach. You can taste it. And when you're together, it's impossible to believe for one single minute that anyone anywhere has had so much fun in the entire world. And that's what love is like put into words. It's not that hard. And I was like, oh, that's nice. You didn't list like a specific thing necessarily, but like... It's nice. But it's still, that's nice. And it's like, oh, okay. Maybe he's feeling some of that. Maybe. And... Then he helps her off her horse. Attractive. And they stare into each other's eyes for a little bit. 
and they're definitely going to go in for a kiss. Yeah, like he like touches her hair, he like tucks it behind her ear a uh, little bit. Oh god. And then a bird. That damn red-breasted cockblocker. <laughs> and then he's just like, "Well, bye forever. I'm going to go rejoin the fleet because I didn't find a good enough reason to stay." Give him a reason to stay, Rosalind. She doesn't. And he's just like, "It was interesting getting to know you." And then she looks back to watch him as they separate. And then she like leans against the door after he's walked away. She looks sad like, girl, you should have stopped him. And then we get a mini driver jump scare. Mini driver jump scare. And she goes, late night. That's my sleeper agent activation phrase. Rosalind's like, mini driver, you're so wise. Have you ever been in love? (laughs) And she takes off. Her costume, and then she becomes Mini Driver for a little bit. And she's like, yeah, Rosalind, I've been in love before, and I'm not going to talk about my creepy love I liked before talking about how Juliet's going to have babies someday. Instead, I'm going to tell you that when love is real, you don't question it. She also says it's like vertigo or being drunk, but good. And then... Rosalind pulls out the letters Romeo sent to Juliet and reads them for like a second and then writes an apology letter to Juliet and sends back the letters being like, this is your love story. Which, yeah, it is. That's what the play is. Yep. But Steve is the a courier. bad courier. And he's like, oh, Tybalt, here you go. Here's some love letters signed from a Montague to your cousin. Yeah, no operational security at all. And so we hear Chaos in the streets. Rosalind's like, wait, what happened? And Steve's just like, ah, I gave him to that. Well, Steve's like, I'm having sex with a girl behind a oh, hay yeah. barrel. And also, yeah, I gave the letters to that guy. Uh, Tybalt. That Tybalt guy. The king of cats? Also, I'm like, you work for these families. You should know the name of Tybalt. Anyway, Paris is like, whoa, Romeo and Tybalt are fighting. And she's like, no, my love, except not, because now I guess I'm pro-Romeo and Juliet. And oh, hey, there's Mercutio being taken away on a stretcher, and he's totally alive. And that's a wrap on Mercutio. He got to say, like, one line about boy bands, and then he didn't even die. Oh, Tybalt died, though. Oh, he dead. So why didn't they kill Mercutio? Maybe he died offstage. You know. Whatever. (sighs) Anyway, they change this scene from Romeo and Juliet. Because here, they're in the center of the town, fighting, like, you're disgusting, bad Montague man. And Juliet's there, and she's like, no, he's great, and I love him. And he's my husband. And everyone's like, (gasps) what? And then Lord Capulet's like, okay, you're marrying Paris tomorrow. And Paris is like, say what? No. Slay? (laughs) Slay? And then Romeo runs away, and Mr. Montague... And Mr. Capulet. And Lord Capulet. Lord Capulet and Mr. Montague. I mean, I guess he's Lord Montague as well. They're like, it's war. Literally, they say that. This means war. And I'm like, I hate that line, but okay. And uh uh-oh, Rosalind needs to fix this. Yeah, and she's like, Juliet, I'll fix this. And Juliet's like, oh my god, stop fucking with my life. I don't need your help. How is she going to fix it, Marquez? This is very important, right? How is she going to fix it, Marquez? She goes and sees Dark. He's not wearing a shirt. He's so hot. <laughs> he's fixing up his boat and he's not wearing a shirt. 
He's so hot. Megan, my brain stopped working. Literally, Rosalind's like, you have to put on a shirt because it's distracting. And I'm like, girl, don't you dare <laughs> tell him to cover up. He can not wear a shirt if he wants. And then she's just like, I'm wrong a lot about a lot of things, but I know that you're full of shit when you say you don't care about things and you don't want to get involved because you do care about people and you're a good person. And he's just like, you just want me for my boat, don't you? And she just goes, no. And he's like, fine, I'm only in until the first sign of danger. And he steps up from the boat, holding the rope, and it's attractive yet again. And then he why... He puts on a shirt. Why don't they kiss before he puts on a shirt or after? And then he's like, let's go save true love. And he's in. And she's like, cool, can we borrow the boat? <laughs> It is, it is very good. Uh, so we cut to Juliet in a room, petting a rabbit. And we hear, clambering up the balcony, Dario and Rosalind. And they're like, we've got a plan, don't worry. And Juliet's like, no, I already have a plan. And she has this like monologue of what the whole plan is from Romeo and Juliet. And it is a wild plan. Yes, especially when you say it really quickly in like five sentences. Yep. And Rosalind replies, with... The fuck the movie is allowed. Yes, the one fuck. That is quite possibly the dumbest fucking thing I've heard in my whole life. Which I do like. I do like that she calls that out. And she's like, what if they bury you? What if Romeo thinks you're actually dead? And he kills himself. And Juliet's like, no, don't worry. I sent Steve the courier to tell him. And Rosalind's like, he's an idiot. And she's like, call off the plan. Call off the plan. And Juliet just kind of looks at her and she's like, Oh my god, you already took it, didn't you? <laughs> and she faints. Uh, and Rosalind's like, oh god, we're screwed. And she's like, Dario, save yourself. And as she turns, he's already gone. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, and Lord Capulet arrests Rosalind. Well, it looks like... She's trying to like throw her body off the balcony yes. for Dario to catch before he's run away. So yeah, it looks like she's trying to hide the body of someone she just killed. So she gets locked up. And Mr. Capulet arrives. Adrian Capulet, Bradley Whitford, the other character shows up. And he's just like... This looks horrid. This looks so bad, Roz. Juliet's dead. And (laughs) Rosalind's like, who knows she's dead? And he's like, literally everyone. (laughs) And then, oh, they have a great moment. Because she's like, Dad, can you please just trust me? I know I'm not the daughter you wish I was, but, like, I need your help. I need to get out of this and fix this. And he's just like, I don't know what to think right now, but you will always be the daughter I wish you were. Ah, make me cry. (sighs) So good. Sometimes this movie has some really great parts, guys. And then he's like, is that a Montague? To distract the guards so that Rosalind can get away. Yay, he's good. He's a good man. Uh Uh-oh. The fish come up again. Well, she has to get to the tomb. So she has to sneak around and she has to cross a river in her big dress. What I wanted to happen. Was a fish to go in her dress? No. Oh. What I wanted to happen was to her to slip and fall in the river. Oh, and and do Ophelia. And do the Ophelia painting pose in the dress and then realize that it is a very shallow river and just get up. That would be fantastic. It would have been a funny joke that only like 10 people would get. Why not do it? Yeah. Romeo did not get the message. No. And she runs in 
and Romeo's crying over the body and she's like, no, Romeo, don't. And Romeo's like, Jesus Christ, what's your problem? And then behind Romeo is Dario. Dario ran away so that he could tell Romeo before Romeo hurt himself. Yay! Dario's so good. Dario is worth the world. Yeah. And then they're all like, okay, what do we do? And Romeo's like, Dario said you would know what to do because you're a genius. <gasps> so then Rosalind is like, oh, okay, you got to fake your death. Pretend that you're dead. Blah, blah, blah. Cool. Awesome. Montague. Capulet. They come in. And she's like, oh, alas, the day. Romeo, he's dead. And she Dario's is- like, oh, no. And <laughs> She is acting just like I did. When I played Friar Lawrence and I never learned the lines from the last scene of Romeo and Juliet. Making it up on the spot. Just making it up on the spot every night, baby. I do really enjoy the fact that Montague is like, no, son, wake up. And starts shaking Romeo. And she's like, he's dead. He's He's dead. dead. Stop shaking. He's not going to bring him back. And then he like flops Romeo back down and Romeo makes a sound. And And they're like, wait a second. Dario's just like, sad. It was me. And then Capulet and Montague are like, it's your fault that my kid's dead. No, it's your fault. And then we've got Rosalind being like, shut up. There's not a prince. It's both it's your, your fault. It's your fault. All of you, they'd be alive if it wasn't for your shitty things. And then the he ladies. He was a boy. She was a girl. So what? Could I, could I make it any more obvious? Your fight didn't stop them from falling in love. You know what did stop them? You. Shame on you and shame on your houses. Because, you know, Mercutio didn't exist, but they still wanted to have a Mercutio line. So they gave it to Rosalind at the ending. So then Lady Capulet and Lady Montague are like, actually, though, you guys are ridiculous. You two have your heads stuck up your asses. Yeah, you need to stop, okay? And then the lords are like, you're right. We're going to have the greatest peace. And then they start shaking hands and then just like proclaiming how great their peace will be and how good this will be for everyone and how people will love this and talk about it. And meanwhile, uh uh-oh, Juliet's waking up. And they're like, how do we tell her what's happening without Saying saying anything? And luckily, through some cousin shit, Rosalind is able to get Juliet to understand. So she's like, oh, I'm awake. And everyone's like, wait, she's awake. And she's like, Romeo's dead. I'll kiss your lips and hopefully some poison remains. And she kisses him and then pretends to die. And Capulet's like, okay, now hold on. What the hell? Are they dead? Are they not dead? I want some proof. Is there a doctor in the house? And Rosalind's nurse, Minnie Driver. She was like, uh, yep, they are definitely dead. She takes their falls. Yeah, and she's like, they're dead. And they're like, are you sure? And she's like, for the love of God, I am a registered bloody nurse. And then Lord Capulet's like, I thought that was just your name. And she goes, my name is Janet. Janet. (laughs) It's so good, because nurse is just the name of the character character, in Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, she doesn't have a real name. So all the adults leave, and I guess they're just like, all right, Rosalind and Dario, you just stay here with the dead bodies, and we're just going to leave. They're they, probably going to have a funereal feast. They wake up Romeo and Juliet, who are like, I love you so much, I love you so much. And then Rosalind turns to Dario and is like, ah, this is what's happening now. And she's just like, you could have been halfway to Venice by now. What made you come back? And he's like, there's just something about you that makes me do stupid things. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then. And then Paris gets a boyfriend. No. And, oh. Marquez, he's out of the picture. He's not uh, in the film anymore. Oh, okay. So we cut to. The boat. The boat. And Rosalind hugs Romeo goodbye and is like, here's a map where you and I were going to live. You and Juliet can live there now. And Romeo's like, ah, adieu, good friends, good day, adieu, madame. But, like, he just starts flowery talking, and Dario and Rosalind are both like, shut up. Get on the boat, Romeo. And then Dario watches them leave and goes, I'm really gonna miss that boat. It's a nice boat. I'd miss the boat. They walk away, and Dario is like, what if I had a new boat? Would you go and then she kisses him. She kisses him. And then she's like, I'll think about it. Aww. And then they walk away. And as they walk away, Rosalind ponders. You think when they tell this story in thousands of years that will be mentioned at all? And Dario says, honestly, I couldn't care less. And she says, me neither. Um, and then the movie fucks itself, and I hate it now. Because, in the middle of the credits, they're like, let's have more scenes to be funny. And we get to Romeo and Juliet on the boat, and they're just, like, bored with each other. They have nothing in common. They have different favorite foods, or one of their favorite foods, the other one... Can't eat. Yeah. And he likes veal, and that's upsetting to her because it's babies. And he's like, I had no idea. And it's like, wow, they don't know each other at all. And they're like, just seven more hours to go than the rest of our lives. Right. Yeah. Cool. Way to undercut your movie. Literally, if Romeo and Juliet don't love each other. What's the point? then why should I think that Rosalind and Dario love each other? They haven't actually shared information about themselves, really. Yeah. She's shared stuff about Romeo. He's shared stuff about a boat. So I'm like, cool, you literally made it so this film means nothing. Yeah. It undercuts itself. It It can't help itself. I'm so mad. Because this film, the whole time is like, True love isn't rational. True love is like being drunk, like vertigo. You yeah. you feel so many things and it doesn't make sense. And then they're like, <laughs> but it's not true love. But this one is because we want it to be. And Me- I want to scream. Megan, let's, let's move on. The movie's over. We did it. We talked about it. Roger Ebert has been dead for years. I think we just talked about how it fares as an adaptation, really, in that the ending it undercuts itself, and it has to. I think the references that they do to Romeo and Juliet are good. Yeah. I wish they did more with Paris. Oh, a thousand percent. That's not a character. That's um, just a gay caricature. I wish they killed Mercutio. Hey, you don't know he's not dead. But he's supposed to be dead. <laughs> On On stage. Screen. I like having lore to why Rosalind wasn't at this party that literally the whole beginning of Romeo and Juliet was like, she'll be there. She's not. I like that that gave that a reason. But that's like the whole point of the film is just for that. Yep. But yeah, I really, really hate the ending. Megan, what would Shakespeare have thought of Rosalind? I think Shakespeare would have said, happiness courts thee in her best array. 
but like a misbehaved and sullen wench, thou poutst upon thy fortune and thy love. Because they had everything. They were offered everything. They had beautiful hot Dario. And then they were like, <laughs> but love is stupid. Romeo and Juliet, stupid. They're young, stupid. So yeah, I'm mad. And so would Shakespeare be mad. He would also be mad. MVP? Hot Dario? It's Hot Dario for me. I was gonna say Dario. Sean Teal as Dario. That's my MVP too. He rules. Yeah. He's hot. He's nice. He gets hot points and nice actor points. And believing in love, which should be the point of any Romeo and Juliet adjacent story. Yep. Megan, what would you rate Rosalind 2022? I would rate it 14 times I made notes about how hot boat guy Dario is out of, I don't know, 16 random Montagues who were guards. Megan, I thought you hated the ending. You're giving it 14 out of 16. 17 random Montagues who were sure. guards. Yeah, I, I, Giving it like an an 80 something. That's, that's fine. Because like, I really enjoyed it right up until the end there. I mean, I had issues at the beginning with just it being a little too... we're making fun but then i was like yeah i mean what else are they gonna do and then it really got me and i was like this is a great movie dario's so hot and then i felt that like until the credits and i i i I walked away it's weird that warm bodies is more sincere than this film yes that's weird as hell yeah yeah so like if i'm actually putting real numbers it's like 78 to 80 okay but yeah i wish i'd stayed walked away when the credits started yeah I wish I hadn't turned back. Never turned back, Megan. Marquez, what would you rate Rosalind? I would rate Rosalind two times that Janet said that she was a registered nurse out of the rule of threes that it should have been. It actually bothered me that she only did it twice. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Like, maybe she's like, is Tybalt really dead? And she's like, yep. Yeah, I'm a registered nurse. I was there. Anyway, I think that's just about going to do it for us on this week's Avant Bard. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us on all social media at Avant Bard Pod. And if you really liked what you heard, you can support us financially at patreon.com slash Pod. We also have a website at bit.ly slash Bloopers for this episode will be on Patreon next week, but until then, we will see you anon. Avant Bard is created by Matthew James Marquez and Megan Charlow. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash avantbardpod. We would like to thank Riley Allen for the creation of our theme music, Cloverkin for our logo artwork, and everyone in the audience for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Avant Bard, you can visit us on all social media platforms at Avant Bard Pod.